marketing etc takes you into topics and trends in business with a marketing view lens. Join your host Tokbe Ayedu, a multicultural and multi-industry marketing and business leader as he dives into his vast and diverse network to go into conversation with thought leaders and experts in business and marketing. Listen to Marketing Etc. on your favorite podcast platform and watch on YouTube. It was the management guru, Peter Drucker, who said marketing encompasses the entire business. It is the whole business seen from the point of view of its final result, that is, from the customer's point of view. This is the philosophy I subscribe to. Today on Marketing Etc. I am still in conversation with Francesca Uriri, Internal Communications Lead for Diversity and Culture at Huber in San Francisco. We are discussing the subject of diversity and inclusion, and on this episode, we look more at the critical role of leadership in driving a successful diversity and inclusion agenda. We also discuss how diversity and inclusion extends to the consumer of an organization. Francisca is an energetic person and very down to earth. So you should enjoy this conversation. No, it, it's interesting you you already touched on leadership, which is something um, I was going to touch on uh, in the course of our discussion, but I'll, I'll quickly just mention it now. So in 2017, uh, PricewaterCoopers uh, uh, did a survey uh, on diversity and inclusion. And the result of that survey actually shows that um, leadership engagement makes so much different if diversity and inclusion goals are to be achieved and from their survey you know they actually saw that the retail and consumer goods and healthcare and pharmaceuticals and the technology industry which you have to work in one of them Mm -hmm. they all have a c-suite position that's leading this and once you have a c-suite position leading you're talking about someone is at the table to ensure there's an alignment of your 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 diversity and inclusion strategy and goals with the entire company corporate strategy and mm-hmm. then you can begin to talk about you know there'll be a level of success so i i think yeah i i, I quite agree with you yeah. uh, on that but there's something else you you touched on which which was mm-hmm. interesting um uh, <clears throat> which is really about um yes diversity initiatives are put in place inclusive initiatives are put in place mm-hmm. but is it the case that you know it's more legalistic yeah uh, the level of commitment to this particularly if you don't have a c-suite i'll give you an example so in 2001 uh, fortune magazine you know mm-hmm. uh, survey shows that 75% of the Fortune 1000 companies, mm-hmm. they have instituted uh, a diversity initiative. So they all mm-hmm. have one. Of course. These initiatives are very common around targeted recruitment, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which is similar to, you know, what we, my African, my European head of African region put it as well. Uh, it's around mentoring program, it's around education and training, 
It's around community relations and participation, which allows mm-hmm. employees to use some of their skills, not, mm-hmm. not non-work specific skills and yeah. competences, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but there's also the sense that, you know, it seems that, you know, when we bring inclusion in, it's really about stretching the, the question of diversity, you know, inclusion then becomes more of the legal framework to implement it and the commitment is not very much there yeah what do you think so i agree with you 110 percent and i'll tell you why i think that for a lot of companies um a lot of companies are impacted by what i call external noise so you know a great example is black lives matter so it's like, oh, we want to be seen as progressive. We want to be seen as, you know, we're paying attention. And if you're a consumer good or you're a consumer company, you really need to ensure, because, you you know, you have diverse groups purchasing from you. So, you you know, it, it's actually a business decision. It's like, okay, you know what, let's... But you see, the challenge with that is it is not... It doesn't go... It's very surface. So it means... We're going to just say we are this. We're going to say, you know, this is our diversity report. And you see, I was reading a couple of diversity reports from a couple of companies in Silicon Valley. And in the last four years, the numbers of uh, of uh, employing or recruiting diverse and minority groups, it doesn't move. <laughs> it do- in fact... Some have actually, some will say, oh, you know, we have black people, 2.4%. Then you read the next year is 2.2%. Yeah. It's actually reducing. So it's not, it, it's just to have, for a lot of companies, it's just to have that legal. So if we open our books or you go, or you go and check, do we have a diversity report? We do. They don't take it deeper by saying, how can you know i was speaking to someone who got this really great offer from this really great tech company and she said you know um i've read online that black people cannot thrive there and i said well she said yeah not inclusive enough it's just not because when black people speak for example at meetings they say they are aggressive when (laughs) black people do this they say that they're this so it's like if I'm going to, if I, if I need to watch how I speak, of course, everybody has to be respectful. But if I'm already going in there and the perception on there, all of these misconceptions and perceptions, then I'm going there to fail already. Yeah. So I think that, you see, the diversity part is somewhat easy because you can hire. That's correct. Yeah. The work of inclusion yeah. is the difficult part. And to, you know, we, we mentioned this earlier behaviors also need to change so a lot of people say hi hey, you know what i'm not a i'm not a bygone to i'm not bigoted at all oh, i know i'm not racist oh come on what but you listen to some conversations so for example this black person has made a mistake or maybe this latina person has made a mistake and you're like oh my god i'm so disappointed you have to ask yourself and say will you have that same reaction if it was someone who was sharing your skin color or who was Caucasian are you having that reaction because somewhere behind your mind and that's what we call bias you think you know there's a bias as you know black people are not careful with grammar or with writing so you come down harder 
on on them than you you usually will. So it's, it's to be honest, the work of inclusion is not even surface work, and that's why it's so it's harder to do because it's tiny things. It's things that you don't even you don't. You know, I remember, you know, when I joined Uber, there was this girl who was always sending emails and she would say, hey, feedback. So one day, you know, I told her, I said, please sit down, let's have coffee. Why do you think that is important to send? And she would send this long, that's like, you know how Nigerians say, Fusca pages. <laughs> so I said, why do you think that is important to do this? And she said, you know, no, I'm just, I said, okay, I don't know about the, Thank you for letting me know. Obviously, this is an American thing. I said, but if you do this to someone where I'm from, you're implying they don't know their work. That's the implication. I was like, no. Now, whether this was a right indignation or honest, I don't know. But if I didn't call it out. So imagine people who are just like buried under the weight of little, little microaggressions like that. The real work is with inclusion. Yes. And it really boils down to behavior but also the leaders willing to make the systematic and the cultural change so that when they come and tell you oh this black person is too aggressive you don't just take it or this uh, latina person you say i know latinas they are very fiery they are hot tempered what does that mean what what does that really mean so to well, entire- you know it's it's really you said that because that's that's exactly the whole purpose of having a DNI, you know, a yeah. diversity and inclusion strategy and, and implementation yeah. in place. Yeah. You know, that saying someone is is black or Latina, you mm-hmm. already you actually you are acknowledging they are different. Yes. Even if you feel that culturally there's a bit of behavior, you are mm-hmm. acknowledging that they are different. Now the work of inclusion is to say how do we foster this sense of belonging? Belonging, Where exactly. the person does not have to strive to conform. Yes. And exactly. we're saying, you and I are actually saying, uh, that this is probably an area where, you know, organization needs to do a bit. That's where the real work. And that's it's not, I think that for me also, it's not a static thing. They always view it as, you know, by 2020, Q2, yeah. we've done this. It, there's no end date. You have to keep refreshing that strategy. You have to keep tweaking it because people are dynamic. So how do you have a static strategy for people who are constantly evolving? And, and you know, there are the millennials, there are disease, there are the X's, but you want to have one strategy. It's just like, let's use one. And so there also has to be that fluidity and that willingness. To, to evolve as people themselves are evolving. Thank you, Francesca. And we're still we're still talking diversity and inclusion on marketing, etc. And of course, one 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 thing that's interesting about about Francesca is she's always down to earth. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So um, that, that's that's something you you touched on um, as well when you were responding uh, uh, earlier. Uh, which is about uh, a company should actually not just think about their staff. Diversity and inclusion is also extending to the customer base that they are serving. And I found this very interesting, you know, uh, the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, CIPD, uh, the UK organization, actually and interestingly brought the perspective of customer 
into the DR uh, and a high conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I quote what they said, said the workforce should be representative of the organization's customers. Now the question is, are we seeing a paradigm shift, particularly from the marketing perspective? Because if we talk customer, we're talking marketing and this marketing is literally, by the way. Um, are we seeing a paradigm shift, particularly marketing on this front? The one example that quickly jumped into my head is the, the backlash on the Dove advertising in 2017, uh, which to me was, it was more than racial prejudice. Yeah. Uh, I think it borders on, on diversity and inclusion. I, I, I would like to hear your thoughts and then, you know, are we seeing this paradigm shift already happening? Yeah, I, I, I think, so I'm a bit of a cynic with that um, because I think that we're seeing the shift happen faster but not because they think it's important, but because it's impacting their dollars. So if you have, so for for example, you know, the the dove backlash, it was sudden, it was swift, it was very, like it was, it's almost like, oh wow, it was was shocking with with how intense it was because people felt, you know, you could feel that emotion. And so, of course, people are like boycott Dove or boycott the products or whatever. And you don't want that, you know. So companies, I think, are doing a better job, whether it's by, you know, brands, for example. So maybe makeup brands. Makeup brands now are creating products specifically for women and men of color. You know, brown people, yeah. these people, that people. Uh, products are beginning to have even, they're beginning to incorporate um, DNI terms into their marketing, into the way that they speak to so I think that they're doing a better job. Obviously, not, I think, not to the level because a lot of it is still also cosmetic. And you can still see it with some adverts, for example. Um, and you're like, you can just see, you know, there's a brand, I forget the name. They're forcing it. <laughs> yes, you can still see it. I forget the brand of, you know, there's a brand here in America and they put um, Harriet Tubman's face and put Wakanda forever. And I was like, I'm so confused. Like, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. It's like you are being condescending. But I would admit that there's a lot more work being done on the marketing front. Yeah. But but it's impacting their dollars and their income. Yeah. So I think that that's why the focus is there. I'd like to see that being, you know, spread across board so that it's not only done externally to the external audience, but also to those within, you know, the company, the workforce, the internal teams as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and um, you know, so yeah, you, you did, you did say um, it's happening uh, because the situation where we are today is actually calling for it more than ever. Uh, and mm-hmm. it has this implication on the bottom line um, mm-hmm. as well. Um you know, our, our, in brand management, we, we talk about um, actual users and user imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, most brands will project the user imagery, which has the element of aspiration, who you want to be like, you know. Who, you know. Uh, and my question would be, if we put this straight, should advertising be more inclusive mm-hmm. of actual users? than user imagery which is filled with a 
stereotypical aspirational elements, you know, just, just to, you know, uh, would a customer buy a product that reflects more of him than the person a brand is portraying it should be aspiring or they think it's aspiring to be like? Yeah. That, that's a very interesting question and I, and I think I was reading an article on uh, the Harvard, Harvard Business Review that actually, you know, I think, um, but actually said nowadays a lot more people want what is called realistic marketing mm. um, and, 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 and the, the case study, you know, it was, was like I think an underwear brand for women where, you know, usually before you see these Photoshop models, slim and, you know, but now there was no Photoshop, there was full cellulite, and women actually responded more mm. positively to that because it's like, we are tired of airbrushed, you know, these aspirational things. Um, this is who we are, and we want to see who we are in our different shapes, sizes, races, tribes, being reflected back to us. Mm. So I think that a lot more people are now shifting towards the more realistic forms. However, I think something is driving that. Um, and I don't have the statistics or the research, but I do think that we're entering into a, a time of more awareness. You know, you can sense that the social uh, cultural landscape is different from what, what, we, what it used to be in the 90s or in the noughties. Yeah. People want more realness. People are more aware about politics, policies, government. There's more awareness. And so you can no longer get away with, yeah, there are still some people who like, you know, the adverts, but now, more often times than not, somebody's going to drag you for that anyway. So better come correct. Like just, you know, come realistic. And then with social media now, you find that you have people like influencers, people who are, you know, utilizing your products real time. And people can see, people can hear the nuances, they can hear the inflections. So if you have an influencer who is, you know, using your product real time and your own advert that is airbrushed or aspirational, there's a disconnect, you know, and you don't want to do that. So I, 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 I think that, you know, people are moving towards more realistic forms, but I believe that it's, it's, it's being driven because of this special and very unique uh, social cultural space you know that we currently like you know we are we are in now i mean i have a, a stepbrother who is 14 and you know the things that they say and they're so aware and i'm like now wow, eh? you know so there's a lot more awareness people are more aware and so i don't know that the old models or the older models of like aspiration really resonate um with a lot of people now it's a wrap on this edition of Marketing Etc. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube to be notified of new editions as they come on.